What's going on, everybody? This is another episode of the Post Game Report Podcast. I'm your host, JVB. So, as of now, most of the NFL is holding a training camp. I believe the, the teams that are going to play the Hall of Fame game, which is always about a week ahead of actual preseason games, those teams were actually doing training camp before the New York Giants and the rest of the NFL. So right now, the New York Giants, they're holding their actual camp and not the rookie rookie training camp or the uh, pre-camp. This is actual summer camp, not summer camp, football camp. Now, when I played in high school, we had what we will call a rookie mini camp. And then there was a, a mini camp. And then there was the actual camp. So the, the, the meaning behind that would, in high school, I played for John F. Kennedy High School in the Bronx, was basically to eliminate the dead weight, especially minicamp. Minicamp, they put us through hell for like three days. It was nothing but running, running, running in the scorching heat. Back then, they had an AstroTurf field, so that generated heat as well. And I remember thinking I was going to freaking pass out. I was doing these things, these, uh, these uh, drills called 440s. And uh, I, I had no idea what they were because at the time, if, if you li listened to my previous episode, I didn't play organized football until I got to uh, high school as a freshman. And then they threw me into the varsity team. So here I am in this mini camp doing all of these drills and 440, what it was uh, in John F. Kennedy High School, the field has a full-fledged track. So we would start in the middle of the track and then we would have to uh, jog, supposedly, supposedly. What you're supposed to do, there's coaches positioned I believe, in each quarter of the track. And when you pass the coach, he would blow a whistle, meaning that you would speed up. So there was about three coaches. And, of course, the last coach, when he blew the whistle, meant that you sprinted the rest of the way, which was basically the straightaway. Me not knowing this, I was sprinting the entire way. So imagine sprinting from halfway of a full-fledged uh, Olympic-sized track, sprinting all the way through. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. And this was with a helmet in 90-plus degree weather, no shade at all. And after each sprint, they would allow us to drink some water from a hose. By the way, this hose was sitting on the floor running constantly, but we didn't care. We picked it up. We drank. And I remember walking to the middle of the field, one of my coaches asking me, uh, are you okay? I couldn't answer him because I couldn't talk. I couldn't even breathe. I'm drinking the water. I'm trying to breathe at the same time. And I'm like, holy crap, what did I get myself into? But nonetheless, I toughed it out. The next day, a bunch of guys didn't show up. And the following day was the same way. And it was very testy. It was very uh, intense. Dudes were literally crying uh, because just when we thought practice was over, Coach Horowitz um, 
great coach, legendary New York coach in high school. He decided, you know what? You guys are going to do some spider walks, 30 yards back and forth. And, oh, man, that, that just set off a lot of tempers. So I could imagine in the NFL how intense it must get. Now, I'm going to, like I stated in my last episode, I'm going to reminisce about being a Giants fan from 1986 on. And so I remember training camp back then, back in the 80s, in the late 80s, when I started following football more in depth and following training camp religiously because it was almost like Christmas for me in the summertime. So that is when you would hear about free agents, you would hear about the rookies, how they're performing, and then you would see the preseason games. And back then, I, can, I, I vividly remember, I could be wrong, that Bill Parcells used to put his linemen in for about three quarters. His starting offensive line would be there playing uh, preseason games for three quarters. So I don't want, I, I don't understand. And I, well, I could understand why they don't do it nowadays, you know, uh, trying to keep players fresh, uh, prevent them from getting injured. And also because of the, how volatile and, and, and how physical the game of football is, you need backups, and you need to find out how these backups are going to play, so you have to put them in there. But I remember uh, one specific linebacker that the New York Giants drafted. I don't remember the year that he was drafted, but his name was Corey Widmer. He actually wore number 90 for the New York Giants. When he was drafted, I remember he was, being, uh, he was drafted as a defensive tackle coming out of college. So I actually got his information here. I decided, you know, let me pause and let me bring up his information and do my due, di due diligence to Corey Widmore. Not Corey Miller, who also was drafted by the New York Giants, but Corey Widmer. He was drafted by the New York Giants in 1992. He was a seventh-round pick out of Montana. So he was a small school guy. Montana State. He was a defensive tackle in Montana State. He was converted to middle linebacker. And I remember that for a little bit during training camp, they actually left him at defensive tackle. And they were talking about how he made a spin move to, to, to a veteran lineman. And I remember it was like a big deal because they said he spun off the block and made a tackle for about one yard. So there was some promise, but then, you know, the, the whole thing when he got drafted was that he would most likely be converted to middle linebacker. And he did. He did. Actually, uh, another former New York Giant by the name of Harry Carson, Hall of Famer, was also a defensive tackle in college and converted to middle linebacker. Now, I'm not comparing what Corey Widmer did with the New York Giants to what Harry Carson did. But Corey Widmer had about seven years with the New York Giants, played 114 games, according to the Wikipedia, and had four interceptions. So he was a very service, serviceable linebacker. And, and those were the type of stories, players like Corey Widmer, who were drafted really low and turned out to be very 
serviceable uh, and participated in, in in some of the and this is the early '90s, so the Giants were you know <laughs> they were far away from '86. But nonetheless, you know, as I stated in my first episode, I'm a Giants fan through and through, whether they're good or bad. So seeing, you know, underdogs like Corey Widmer, seeing him converted to middle linebacker and seeing him succeed in the NFL, that that was uh, a treat to watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, players like, uh, for, for example, um, last season, during the season, actually, before the season ended for the Giants, um, in 2021, I went on and I posted, it would be nice to get a middle linebacker like Darian Beavers. Lo and behold, we drafted Beavers in, uh, I believe, the sixth or seventh round. So maybe we have ourselves another Corey Widmer. Uh, Darian Beavers played linebacker. So he is more, uh, actually, from what I heard, was a converted safety. So he has some coverage skills. He's mean inside the box. So he can take on blockers. He's about 6'4". And he can be a a utility player for the New York Giants and this uh, Martindale defense. So it was the one freaking call that I've made way before the draft even started where I said, we need a linebacker like Darian Beavers. And here he is in New York giant. He got drafted by the giants a lot later than I thought, but what I saw of him in college, the dude was a player. So I am uh, very confident that he's going to do the same thing during training camp. So let's see, you know, first of all, you know, a lot of, low round draft picks, they need to make the roster or they, they go into the practice squad. So we'll see. Uh, for example, there was a, a running back coming out of college, a small college. And I remember when they, you know, the, all the draft publications were talking about this draft, uh, this running back because of his size was 260 plus pounds, 6'4". And he ran like a 4'4". But, you know, the the consensus was that he was from a small school. Of course, if you're familiar with the New York Giants and you've been following them uh, from 2007 on, you'll understand that I'm talking about Brandon Jacobs. He was a small school guy. They drafted him and Bradshaw that year. And Jacobs was uh, a New York Giant through and through. He still is, as a matter of fact. You know, he was uh, actually at training camp speaking to the players. So you never know. You never know. I, oh, by the way, there was also a small school offensive guard. I remember looking at all the draft pu- publications, reading about him. And I didn't see him play in college. But everything that I read about him was that he had freakish size and he was uh, unusually athletic for his size. And he was strong, but he was from a very small school. So they didn't know how his talents were going to translate into the NFL. That player was Larry Allen, (laughs) who went to the Dallas Cowboys and then I believe played for the 49ers. And Larry Allen was one of the most dominating offensive linemen 
that I've ever seen play. The dude was a freak, a freak of nature. So not only is the draft, you know, the, the, the months leading up to the draft fun for me, but it's training camp. Once you know for sure who your draft picks are, and now you're seeing them, and, you're, and some of them might be picks that you predicted and you wanted, and now you get to see what they're doing. So I'm really pulling for Darian Beavers. Uh, I'm really pulling, pulling for the whole team, of course, but specifically Darian Beavers because I had mentioned him before last season was over as wanting him on the New York Giants. So let's see how good I'm, I am. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be uh, – I have a really good feeling about this team, this New York Giants team for 2022. I know, I know that's optimism. Uh, they, they have a lot to prove. There's a new coaching staff, a new defensive scheme, new offensive scheme, first-time uh, general manager, first-time head coach. You have Daniel Jones, who has a, you know, a history of turnovers and hasn't been healthy in, in, in a few seasons. And then, of course, the dynamic Saquon Barkley, who can change the game at any moment. He had uh, an unfortunate his, uh, well, he had an unfortunate knee injury, came back, was looking great, and then had a freakish injury against Dallas, like in the second play of the game, where he steps on his own teammate's foot. Oh, man, I was so pissed off. I was screaming because I saw it. I saw it happen, uh, and I immediately started yelling. Like, come on, you got to be serious. He's hurt again. And then you, it was like simultaneous as I saw where Saquon was about to land. That's when I started screaming, no, <laughs> you know, because the game prior, he had a game winning touchdown. So I believe against the Saints. So Saquon looked like he was back. So now we have a more established well I don't want to say established because um Jason Garrett was established as a you know head coach and offensive coordinator but it seems like we have Kafka and and Dable are more creative and we'll find ways to to isolate Saquon Barkley and have him use his freakish gifts to shake people and go for a long run so I'm very hopeful for Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. He's, he's the quarterback of the New York Giants right now, and I'm going to pull for him until he's not. And if he does well, hey, keep him. The kid is smart. He's a hard worker. He's a big dude. He has a, a beautiful touch. He just needs help. So let's see. Now he has weapons. He has a, a very improved offensive line. He no longer has excuses. If he gets injured again, well, that's a bad sign for him and tough luck. So we'll see. But, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about training camp and talk about, you know, Corey Widmer back then. Uh, I used to love the reports. I believe it was on Channel 9. Uh, and they would have, like, at night, they would have their sports section, and then they would report on the New York Giants training camp. And you would get to see, you know, little two-minute clips of players running around, making plays and stuff like that. Now we have people streaming it 
uh, from their phones. We have, uh, you know, whenever there's a big play, it's already uploaded to social media and stuff like that. So uh, I, I do appreciate that quite a bit. But there was something about waiting the entire day to see those videos. There was something exciting, you know, <laughs> the anticipation of, of, of waiting for those videos. So, yeah, uh, I wanted to bring out this episode earlier in the week, but we've been totally busy. So I figured the week is almost up. I need to be consistent and uh, keep bringing these episodes out and sharing my stories as a New York Giants fan from the 1980s up until now. So I'm going to break out. You guys take care. I'm JVB. I'll talk to you guys later.